0: Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast-to-Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
1: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. How are you doing today? Have you had a tough day? Have you had a good day? It seems like there's so much going on in the world, and there's so much happening within our lives. We can hardly catch our breath. But there is a big picture. And I believe through all of these episodes and our journeys as human beings, we get to see that bigger picture. And my personal avenue to share is the afterlife. And it's the thing that brings me joy, witnessing so many things that I see from week to week on our online courses and our Sunday gatherings. It helps me to remember that there is a big picture. I want to give you a little insight into the mind of Sandra Champlain, who never thought I'd be here today and have you listening to me. You know, I was somebody who had a huge fear of dying. And you've heard maybe in my earlier episodes, my quest to find evidence of the afterlife. But I still deal with my own pain, my own suffering, my own negative thoughts. I mean, It's all part of the deal on being human, I think. Many years ago, after I collected so much information about the afterlife and I really was at peace with myself, I knew that I wanted to share this information and have it readily available to people. But we all have this thing called the ego, and that's that voice that's never our champion. It's always saying negative things. And I truly thought I wasn't smart enough to write a book. Who would listen to me? I'm no scholar. And so everything was put on hold for some time, some day. And I never thought that day would happen. And to be honest with you, I didn't care if that day happened because living my life, it was always very important what people thought. And once we start talking about something like life after death, we don't want people to think we're weird. We don't want to be outcast by our family and friends. So I put everything on hold for some day. Fast forward till 2010, and my dad gets diagnosed with cancer. And several months later, he ends up dying. And I went through the toughest time of my life, really, not only losing somebody that I loved dearly, but you may have a family like my family who fought before dad's death, after he died. And it came out of the blue, this real strange behavior from all of us, the anger, the words spoken that we would have never spoken before. And a very loving family turned into monsters, I would say, greedy, ugly, and myself included. I couldn't see my actions from anybody else's point of view other than my own. And I was quick to judge other people in my life. It wasn't pretty. I do think that some of the toughest times really helps us with growth of our soul and also helps us to be there for other people. Little did I know that my journey into grief, with all the evidence that I had come up with about the afterlife, would have me start digging as to why rational people behaved in such strange and mean ways over the death of a loved one. And I realize that the more we love, the more we grieve, and that anger and that miscommunications and all those things are all part of that process. The girl who wasn't going to share anything about the afterlife started feeling that if some of this information about grief could be shared, it would not only help people understand the grieving process, but it would help relationships stay whole. As you may know, I have a book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And there are several people that have told me that they make their siblings read the grief chapter, chapter 10, around the time they know their parent is going to pass away. They can predict the probable behavior that they will do and to be gentle with themselves and to be gentle with the people in their lives, that we all handle grief a different way. So it's very interesting. And since the book came out and so many of the other things that I've done, the emails that I've gotten that have helped people not take their own lives is, well, pretty humbling to me. We as human beings never know the pain and agony that we're going through may lead to making that difference, that shift with someone else in their life or someone you might meet. I have found that I've sat next to people on an airplane who are just coming from a funeral. And because of the experience I have, the loss I've had, the wisdom I've gained, I have been the right person to be sitting next to them to give them some words of comfort There's even been people scared of dying. And very courageously, I've been able to share some of the different things that have happened on my journey of why I believe in the afterlife. I think if you want to call it God, the universe, whoever that higher power is, and it could be the power within our own soul before we get here, that we plan out a journey for ourselves. And I'm not saying that everything happens for a reason. I don't. I do think that things that happen, we can learn from them and certainly our souls can grow. But I do believe that we come into this earth with things that we want to do, things we want to accomplish, things we want to learn. And has it happened to you that similar things keep showing up in your life or similar kinds of people keep showing up in your life? And it's almost like the universe is knocking at your door that this is something you need to pay attention to. This is something you need to learn. Even you might have something that you're dealing with that's been with you all of your life, some fear that you've had or some struggle that you've had that's been your constant companion. And you may be wishing for a solution, but there may be something to learn from that. There may be something you you learn and it might be self-love, it might be compassion towards yourself, might be compassion to others, but it may all be part of the process. I never thought I'd be where I am today. I never thought I'd have a show like this, not in a million years. I was never going to tell people about this journey into the afterlife. But if you look back on some of the basic things that have happened to me, everything has happened so that I am here today. It's weird, it really is. So looking back, I remember the critical point where I thought, or I knew that I can make a difference with others. And it's time for me to not be afraid and to open my mouth. And that point might come to you. It may not. But for me, I remember that I kept meeting people who had a loved one who had died and were suffering from deep grief. And I knew in my heart, if I opened my mouth and I could share the information I knew, that it would really help people. But back then I was too afraid, too afraid. Oh my gosh, I had so much fear. So I kept my mouth shut, but it just kept happening. And one day I couldn't stand my own thoughts. I had so many guilty thoughts that, oh my gosh, I have so much good information about the afterlife and how to help people through grief. And I'm keeping my mouth shut. I just wanted to get away. So I took myself to the movies. And I picked a movie that was said to be a comedy. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch something, take my mind off my thoughts and enjoy. The movie that I had picked was a real story about a young man who got cancer and showed him getting chemotherapy, showed the friends that he had met during chemotherapy dying and all the grief that was felt. There were so many tears that I shed in that comedy I left that movie theater, and I sat in my car. I pulled out my iPhone, and in those days, I was new to the cell phone technology, but I knew it had a camera. I sat in my car with the camera face to me, and I gave what felt like an apology to the world. And it was 20 minutes of me looking into the camera and talking about my journey one day there was a friend that I knew whose father had died. And I said, I have a video. I'll send it to you if you promise not to show anyone. She wrote me back and she says, Sandra, it made such a difference in my life. And then not too much longer, she says, you know what? I have a friend who has a family member who died. Can I send them your video? I says, yes. Oh yes. But make sure they don't share it with anyone else. Because my ego got involved and my hair's all wild. I'm crying, makeup all over the place. It's not my best look. The next thing you know, her friend told two friends and it just blew up. I decided to make the video publicly available. And it still is to this day. In a very short period of time, I see something on the internet that if you want to write a book, come to the seminar. I decided to take the seminar. I meet a nice man who says, oh, why are you here? And I told him very courageously about my journey and what I wanted to do. Come to find out he was a publisher. From there, he asked me to put some of my feelings into words. He shared my words with someone he knew that had just months to live. And it made this gentleman feel like he would be just fine when he died, that there's a bigger picture. That publisher asked me to write a book. That book is called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. As the story goes, I got a call from coast to coast AM. And that one night that I shared about my book, that book hit number one on Amazon. And I started getting several thousand emails from people on the difference that it made. So here's a little secret for you, because I'm not a real salesy kind of person, Sure, if you want to pick up the book on Amazon, you can. But on my website, wedontdie.com, there is a link right at the top that says book links. If you click on that, and I do ask for your name and your email, make sure you're a real person, not only is there a free PDF copy of the book, but within the book, there are so many different links that relate to the different chapters, so many different videos. Even that first video of myself in the car, looking at the camera, you can see there. I love that you're taking the time to listen to this and that you're trusting that there'll be some good information, good information about the afterlife and also living life. But I do feel strongly that we will all experience grief someday. So how to navigate that road and not have your relationships come apart is very, very important to me as well. When we come back from the break, we'll hear from Elizabeth Boisson, who is was the co-founder of an organization called Helping Parents Heal. It's an organization that also believes in the afterlife. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM,
2: Paranormal Podcast Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot shades.
3: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to Season 2 of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's
5: just a shame, you know, that they took him from us
0: They were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut. And I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything.
4: Listen to "Cold Blooded: The Apollo Gym Murders" on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It can also expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them.
7: My name is Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com. Over five years ago, George Norrie approached me with a unique concept, a dating site for people searching for someone with interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal. From that, ParanormalDate.com was born. It's a unique site for unique people, and it's free to join to look around. If you want to upgrade and enjoy more of our great features, use promo code George for a great discount. So check it out. You got nothing to lose. ParanormalDate.com.
0: Hi, this is George Norrie and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeart and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. Between recording segments one and segments two of this show today, I got the opportunity to do something fantastic. I attended our We Don't Die Sunday gathering. It is the best non-denominational church service online I have ever attended. My friends and I created it, in March of 2020, just after lockdown had happened for all of us who had to spend time at home from the coronavirus, we always wanted to have some kind of a spiritual service, but who knew how to start one? Well, when lockdown happened, we decided to just go for it. Well, a few of my friends are mediums. So that means not only is there music, a little bit of prayer, a reading, some inspiration. But towards the end, we have one or two people do medium readings on our online congregation. So just today, we had a beautiful, beautiful gathering, but I saw two mediums work, and they brought through loved ones with such detail. And you could hear it in the recipient's voice, how happy they were to hear from their loved one in the afterlife. Really special Evidential mediumship is a great way to believe in the afterlife. You might have heard me say it before, but mediums can be a dime a dozen. And just because they hold the name medium doesn't mean that they're good. You really want to have someone that is recommended by others that doesn't charge a lot of money. What I mean by that is $75 for a half hour reading, maybe a little bit more. That's okay. 150, 175 for an hour. Mm, that would be max. Some of these people out there are charging $1,200 for an hour, and it's awful, just awful. And I do believe that there are great mediums, but you do not need to go to someone who is charging lots and lots of money. Also, you want to make sure they have a code of ethics. If in the first 10 minutes you're not feeling any, You're not feeling you're getting good evidence. The medium reading should come to a close and nobody pays. So make sure they have that code of ethics before you book them. And then when you work with them, just say yes, no, or I don't know. Please let the medium give you the information so you're not left with, did I give that information? Our loved ones are real. They're real people. And I just had the profound privilege of watching two great mediums work and everybody in the audience could feel the love from the spirit world. If you'd like to join us at one of the upcoming Sunday gatherings, you can go to wedontdie.com or sanderschamplain.com and there's a tab there for a free Sunday gathering and just get the Zoom link and come on in. So moving on, I'd like to introduce you to Elizabeth Boisson who is the president and co-founder of a global nonprofit organization that you might not know about. It's called Helping Parents Heal. They've got the website helpingparentsheal.org. You may be somebody listening who has a child who has passed into the unseen world. Two of Elizabeth's children have transitioned. I had recorded this interview with her earlier, but I do think it's important because helping parents heal not only is support for grieving parents, but they are one of the few organizations that acknowledge the reality of the afterlife. So tying in the afterlife with grief support is wonderful. Let's listen in to this great conversation I had, and you can hear for yourself her evidence of life after death.
5: I feel very, very fortunate because I have two beautiful daughters uh, who are here right now with me. So I have a 26-year-old daughter, Alix, and a 24-year-old daughter, Christine. And then I have um, two children in spirit. So I have Chelsea who passed in 1991, and she was only two days old. I had been in the hospital for a very long time on an IV trying to keep the contractions from happening and um, she finally was born in France and only survived for two days and then Morgan was born um, in uh, before her in 1988 so I was thrilled to be able to go home to him. Um, he actually saved my life when Chelsea passed Ediex um, and Christine weren't, weren't born yet. When he was 20 years old he went on A trip with a bunch of other students. They were all at the University of Arizona. He had been studying in China, in Nanjing, and they went to Tibet on a trip. And there were 13 of them, and they went up in altitude too quickly. They landed in Lhasa, and then they went up way too quickly. They arrived at the base camp of Mount Everest. All of them were sick on the bus going up the mountain. A lot of them were throwing up. They were actually urinating on themselves as well, because that's a sign that's something that a symptom of altitude sickness. But nobody really knew about altitude sickness before this happened. And so um, Morgan was helping the other kids when they were throwing up. Um, the Chinese tour guide was pushing them up the mountain, and they didn't have any other adults with them. They were supposed to have two professors that went on that trip, and they didn't. But when they got to the camp, Morgan was feeling woozy um, and sick and he went to bed early after eating dinner and he took a NyQuil and throughout the night he kept getting up and wandering around and calling people the wrong names and everyone thought that it was because he was sleepy and he went back to bed and in the morning when they were supposed to get up and go back down the mountain uh, they couldn't wake Morgan up and Morgan, is, he was six foot six And 280 pounds so it was no small task to try to get him out to the bus Um, they called one of the moms who's a doctor and found out that they had to get him down in altitude as quickly as possible loaded him on the bus Uh, they were going down the mountain and he stopped breathing and so when that happened they got him off the bus again to do CPR on him and that was when I found out from the leader of the program that there was a problem. So I got the number of his roommate and I was able to call his roommate, Colin. And Colin was kind enough to tell me, Ms. Boisson, it doesn't look good. I don't think he's going to survive. So I asked him to, excuse me, the phone up to his ear. And when he did, I told him that we loved him, that we were proud of him and not to be afraid. And right when I did that, I felt him hug me. And I was in Cave Creek, Arizona. I was sitting beside my husband um, who was on his computer and we were very concerned, but my husband had no idea that this had happened. But I truly felt him hug me. And I'd never even thought about the afterlife at the time. But I knew at that moment that love lives forever. And I knew that Morgan was with us. And as a matter of fact, I was so calm that my husband said, let me speak to Morgan. And I said, no, um, honey, I'm sorry, but he's gone. And he was absolutely devastated. Obviously, I was as well, but I knew he was with us. So Because of this happening and because of the fact that I didn't see any other groups like this that were available, all of the other bereavement groups that existed for parents at the time didn't talk about the signs that we got from our kids, I, a week later, decided to start this Facebook group, uh, Parents United and Lost, that you spoke of. I feel very, very grateful because that happened and then something even more amazing happened with Suzanne Wilson almost immediately after. Can I ask you, Elizabeth, back in those days, were you into yoga? Well, yes, that's a good question. I had just come back from yoga. I had just been practicing yoga and I was about to go for my teacher's certificate and start that very soon after. I also, throughout my life, when I lived in India, I lived in India for five years when I was very young, and I did a lot of yoga at that time and continued to do yoga as I got older. And so I I truly believe that One of the reasons that I was able to feel Morgan hug me was because of the fact that I was so involved in yoga at the time.
1: That's exactly why I asked that question, because I remember when my dad died, I wasn't practiced in quieting my mind or being in the present moment. And there was a lot of stress and a lot of sibling fighting and a bunch of stuff happening. So I wasn't present to anything other than grief and anger. I
5: think that the fact that Chelsea had already transitioned truly helped for me to be ready to get that hug from Morgan. And not only that, but I've been told by a psychic that Chelsea told her that she had to transition because of the fact that she had been working with me all along, preparing, helping parents heal, but also so that she could take Morgan's hand as soon as he transitioned and get him back to me to hug me. So I feel incredibly grateful about that. And this is something that I actually just found out this year from Isabella Johnson, who's an incredibly, she's an incredibly gifted psychic medium. And I don't ever want anyone to have to experience the passing of two children, but I think that that was the reason that I was so prepared to be able to have that happen to me immediately
1: really interesting. I remember an interview I had with Dr. Mary Neal, who had a near-death experience. And while she had that near-death experience, she actually got to see the future. And I believe yeah. part of it was her son passing. Yes, yes. It and, is, yeah. Yeah, and the whole chain of events that would come from that. And so I found it very interesting that Chelsea, I mean, that was all lined up for it all to happen the way it did. Because you... And Mark Ireland creating Helping Parents Heal is making such an impact with so many people globally through so many ways. And I can't help but even notice in my life, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing had I not had severe grief. Those of us that are out there in different ways making a difference comes from our own grief. And so it may be part of the big plan.
5: Oh, it definitely is. And I I truly believe in collateral beauty, as the movie talks about, obviously, with Will Smith. I, I just think that we get so much magic that comes back to us from our kids and from our loved ones when they pass. And we just need to be able to open our hearts and open our lives
1: to that magic. We'll be back in just a moment with Elizabeth Boisson co-founder of HelpingParentsHeal.org. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm
4: Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert.
5: It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us
4: thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I used to have so many men.
8: How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications...
1: She had a Harvard plaque
6: The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting
0: for you now. Go to -to coasttocoastam.com for details.
1: Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost, thanks to the healthcare law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can help detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in your way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. Hey,
6: everybody, it's producer Tom, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain and we're with Elizabeth Boisson, the co-founder of helpingparentsheal.org. Unfortunately, when your
5: father passed and you had all of these things going on with your family, it's impossible to be able to open yourself to all of the signs and the validations and the help that they're giving us because they're not just sending us signs, they're also helping us with our lives and Morgan has helped his sisters in incredible ways that, that just couldn't, I mean, if I told you the stories, I, you, you probably would just be blown away by the things that he's done, carrying them home at night and other things like that. But I think that as soon as we are able to be open, which may take a while, and everybody's grief path is completely different, and it's fine to be able to take as much time as we want. The signs never stop. And for instance, I, I talk to Morgan throughout the day all the time. It's good that we now have Bluetooth so that when I'm talking in the car, people don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, I feel very, very fortunate that that happened to me. And I feel grateful for helping parents heal, but it has nothing to do with me or With Mark Ireland, it has everything to do with our kids. They're the ones who pushed us to do this, and they're the ones who are helping us every day as we work to help other parents.
1: I definitely want to hear the Suzanne Wilson story, but then I wouldn't mind a story about Morgan helping your daughters, because that would be great. Oh,
5: okay, wonderful. Tell some stories. I'll I'll do that as well. Okay. Um, Right after this happened, I couldn't go back to the yoga studio because I just didn't feel like I could... Actually, I thought I might be able to do the practice, but I didn't think that I could last through Shavasana, having Morgan pass like that. In spite of the fact that I knew that he was with me, it was incredibly hard, the physical loss. And I know that everyone who has experienced the passing of a child understands this. you feel like you have a rock right in the center of your chest and that rock doesn't go away until you're able to start to learn how to breathe again. It's very difficult. But Suzanne Wilson happened to go to this yoga studio to see about renting a space to give readings. And it was such a strange situation set up by Spirit, obviously, because Angie, who was the owner of the yoga studio, didn't believe in psychic mediums. She didn't believe in any of that. And It turned out that Suzanne went there and Angie was there to meet her. And she said to her, well, how do I test you? How do I find out if you really are a medium or not? And Suzanne said, well, do you have a picture for me to read? And I had sent out my Christmas cards very early that year. I actually sent them the day or maybe two days after Morgan passed. And it was a picture of the three kids and It was taken in France right before he went to China and that's all that there was on the front of the Christmas card and or the holiday card. And so when Suzanne saw it, she said, I see him on his back on a mountain. I see a black box up to his ear. He's saying I love you back to his mom. And he said that he is a band of three brothers. There were two other roommates in Nanjing with him and they both stayed in Lhasa until my husband was able to get there to be able to pick up Morgan. Unfortunately, um, you need a visa to get into Lhasa so it took him six days to get there and then he had to wait there to be able to bring Morgan back and the two boys waited with Morgan and Lhasa, <clears throat> although they were suffering from altitude sickness as well. And then he she saw him shouting from a mountaintop through a megaphone, I'm okay. And it's so funny because the megaphone that he used as a cheerleader at the University of Arizona was part of his service when we did his service. It's a huge megaphone. He was a U of A cheerleader. So that, that was very significant. Many other things that happened, for instance, she drew a rock for Angie. And Angie was writing all of this down, but she didn't know the story. So she didn't know if this was true or not. But she drew this rock. And she said that we were going to have this rock brought to us and it was from the place that Morgan passed. And Colin at Christmas time brought us that exact rock. It was broken in half and it showed the break in the rock. So that was amazing. So anyway, I had never had a reading with a psychic medium before
1: mm-hmm.
5: and Angie called me the night that Suzanne had talked to her and she said, Elizabeth, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I had this interview with a woman who'd like to rent space at uh, Yoga Breeze. And she was telling me all these different things about Morgan, but I don't even know if they're true. Would you like to have lunch tomorrow? And I said, Angie, tell me right now. if This is seven o'clock at night. Of said, course. Please just tell me everything she said right now. And Everything was was right. And what's so amazing about this happening, and I found this out later, is that one of the things that people worry about the most is that it's possible for a psychic medium to read a reader while they're sitting with them. I wasn't there. Suzanne had never met me before. And so for me to not be giving any cues as she was talking to Angie and Angie was just writing all of this down. It was an amazing thing for me to hear all of this. And so I wanted to have a reading with Suzanne as quickly as possible. But it turned out that her husband was having some health issues. And so it wasn't possible to be able to speak to her for, for two months. And that was really really hard for me yeah I I was in a good place because of the fact that I had gotten that hug from Morgan but I just wanted to talk to her so badly and I thought there might be something wrong that she saw something bad in the future because Mm -hmm. she wasn't able to speak to me which wasn't the case at all so anyway we finally were able to get together in January of 2010 and that was such an exciting time actually when we got together one of the first things that she did was to bring through Chelsea, and she brought her through at the age that she would have been at the time, and she was telling me exactly what she looked like, that she was the first person to meet Morgan, and there was no way that she could have known that. So anyway, it was it was a really exciting thing to be able to get together with her. One of the main things that she told me when she did the reading, though, was that I was going to be starting this group and that it was going to be a global group very soon uh, after because of the kids. And so what she said was true. I mean, I had already started the Facebook group and had already gotten fairly big, but I had no idea of how big it was actually going to get. And it's very exciting to think that they're working that hard on the other side to make sure that all of us are being able to connect.
1: They're working hard in so many ways. Yes. Incredible. They are. How about a story about Morgan helping your daughters before we find well, out more? About- uh,
5: yes. You know, I, I've never told this publicly, but it's pretty amazing. And I think that it will help any parent who is dealing with the issue of having a child pass and worrying about a sibling because it is really hard for siblings. I think that, um, you know, for them, they think that they have to heal us before they can heal themselves in many cases. And so, they try so hard to suppress all of this, you know, the feelings that they're having to make sure that their parents are able to move through uh, the grief and and help them along. But they don't necessarily deal with it as quickly or as well as, as we are able to. But anyway, I was uh, my daughter was studying in, in Paris and she had gone to a, a New Year's Eve party with um, her cousin. And she got very sick because she had taken some imitrex, which is um, some very strong migraine medication before she went out. And then she also had some champagne while while she was there. And she told her cousin that she was going to be leaving the party, which because of the fact that it was in an area of Paris that was very far from where she lived, it was kind of a dangerous thing for her to go home feeling as badly as she did. She had already been throwing up. She forgot to get her coat. She had a little tiny New Year's Eve dress on and it was snowing outside, which is kind of rare in Paris, but it was that evening. She jumped into a taxi with some people that she didn't even know because she was trying to just get home. And part of the way along she, she uh, as she was driving, she realized that the people that were Next to her were people that she'd never met before. So she said, I'm getting out here. She jumped out of the taxi. And her last memory is of looking up, seeing the street sign, realizing that she had no idea of where she was, and seeing the snowfall in her little tiny dress. She woke up the next day at about 7 in the morning with her two roommates shaking her and saying, we've got to take a train to Portugal. We're leaving for Portugal today. And she has no idea of how she got home, but they said that it's about two in the morning, the door burst open and the door was still open when they woke up and then she was in the bed. And she has a very slight recollection of Morgan carrying her home. And that's the only explanation that there can be. And Morgan used to carry, he was six foot six, as I said. He used to carry a lot of his um, friends home when they had hard nights out in China and in Paris as well. And so I can imagine Morgan doing that for her. But that was something that that made her realize at that instant. and, And, you know, he's been with her all along. That she has a guardian angel and that he'll be with her whenever she needs him. Uh, She just went to South America for three months and traveled alone to five different countries. We were very concerned about it. But she was very sure of herself and she knew that she would be fine. And she was. I I know she
1: had some difficult situations, but he always protected her. What a brave girl. And it's interesting because I've heard so many stories of people... That were either pulled from a car after an accident or were drowning and felt somebody lift them to the shore. And then people said there was nobody there. So I love well, those kind of stories. Yes, they were you there. Know,
5: um, his cheerleader friends have told us other stories that have happened. One of his friends, actually, um, who was dating another cheerleader, they were in a car and were hit by a car that was going 70 miles an hour. They felt Morgan pull them out of the car. Neither of them had a scratch, and their car looks like an accordion. When it I mean, they showed us a picture of it. It was incredible, and they knew it was Morgan.
1: We'll be back with more stories from Elizabeth in just a moment. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.
7: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
3: Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded... The Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's
5: just a shame, you know, that they took him from us.
4: Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer.
6: much more. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Politi shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM official, or you can simply go to the coasttocoastam.com website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're going to love this. Just get on over to Coast coasttocoastam.com and start your free listening now.
7: the
6: best afterlife information you can get while you're alive shades of the afterlife with sandra champlain
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with Helping Parents Heal co-founder Elizabeth Boisson as she's telling stories of signs from her son in the afterlife.
5: Another story that I think is more incredible And this uh, boy, who was also a cheerleader, he was actually the mascot of um, the U of A team. He is now a firefighter and he named his son after Morgan, but he was in a house that was burning and he was with another friend who was a firefighter who was pulling. He had gotten into the car to put it in neutral and get it out of the garage. Dan was standing watching this happen and all of a sudden, he was pulled backwards so strongly that he was just, he, there There was no one there, but he was pulled backwards, and an air conditioning unit fell right where he was standing. And the, the other firefighter in the car saw this happen, and he said, oh, my gosh, what was that? <laughs> and Dan knew it was Morgan. He could feel Morgan pulling him backwards. So this kind of thing has happened. I, I, I could go through so many of his different friends who come and tell me, that Morgan has done the same thing for them. So I think he's pretty busy. I think these kids stay very busy when they when they transition. <laughs> they have a lot of people to take care of.
1: That's so great. <laughs>
5: yeah, it's, it's really wonderful. And I feel so grateful. And I'm amazed at how powerful these kids are and all of our loved ones in spirit. They obviously, I'm sure you've heard me say this before, maybe not, but... I truly believe that they're home and that we are still in school. So they're doing amazing things. They're having a blast. they're um, they're done. They've done everything that they needed to, and we're still learning. We're still here for a reason. And so we need to be able to listen to them and figure out what we're supposed to be doing here. Wow. I also must say that Suzanne constantly tells me that Morgan helps her with her uh, readings and he's he corralled all the kids and helps them come through and they're all such great friends I mean all of them know each other and they they come together and then they bring us together which is so wonderful and another boy who whose mother lives in Charleston South Carolina who had a reading with Suzanne Wilson and who Morgan brought her son through, Brian through, but now they are huge friends and they do so much together. And when Suzanne brought him through, she first was talking about the fact that they were hiking in heaven. Actually, she brought him through when she was talking to Brian's mom, Jody. So Suzanne called me and said, oh my gosh, it was just amazing. I have this reading today with this mom. She lives in Charleston and her son, who actually passed in a Mustang, um, he uh, was asphyxiated he took his life, unfortunately. He was going to the Citadel. He had everything Going for him, and uh, this is this is an amazing story, too, so maybe I could just tell you a little bit yes. about about Brian sure um, He had three friends who were going to go to the Gator Bowl with him in a car, and he had a dream, actually a nightmare, that the car flipped and that they all passed in the car accident. So he told his friends, let's not go. I'm really nervous about going, and they ended up going. Anyway, the car flipped, and they passed. So um, it was very soon after this happened, I think it was several months later, he ended up taking his own life. And what's so amazing about this story is that he was in a collector Mustang. He I think that he had a little bit of survivor skill, just an amazing kid. Just sure. Absolutely wonderful. Suzanne brought both of them through hiking in heaven. And then after that I I went down to have a reading with Tina Powers in Tucson. And the reason that I had it was because we had purchased a reading for the roommate of Alix. When she was a freshman at the University of Arizona, the roommate uh, had a mother. Her, her mother had passed at the same time that Morgan did. So the year before, and she had never been to see a psychic medium. She was really sad, and the angel date was coming up. So we made the appointment for the angel date one year later, and three of her roommates went with her. They took her in a taxi because none of the girls as freshmen had cars yet. And Tina just loved the fact that all of these girls came, but Morgan came through during the reading and he told her, you need to give my parents a reading. So let's see, it was right before Morgan, his angel date as well. So she called me and said that she wanted to give me a free reading. So we went down to Tucson, Tucson, which was just amazing to be able to meet Tina, and she's such a bubbly, beautiful person. And when she was talking to us, she said, what's this about a Mustang? I see a horse Mustang. And she said, there's this boy that Morgan's with. Do you know anything about a horse? And I'm thinking about Cave Creek. We live in Cave Creek, Arizona, with Mm -hmm. all the horses. And I'm thinking, no, I, I can't think of who would have a Mustang here. And then I realized, oh my gosh, yes, I know where that Mustang is coming from. And she said, he wants you to know that he's hiking in heaven with that boy. So it was exactly what Suzanne Wilson had said about a week before when she called me, that Brian and Morgan were hiking in heaven.
1: How did you meet and create Helping Parents Heal with Mark Ireland?
5: Well, that was another amazing story because when Suzanne Wilson came to my house to do the reading, when we were finally able to get the appointment, she had been at an afterlife kind of event the week before with Jamie Clark and with Mark Ireland. And she told Mark Ireland, I'm going to be meeting with a mom next week. Her son passed on a mountain. And Mark Ireland, his son, Brandon, also passed on a mountain here in, in Arizona on the McDowell mountain range of an asthma attack. So that was kind of unusual. So he signed a book for me, his book, Soul Shift, Finding Where the Dead Go, which I absolutely love.
1: Great book. And
5: Suzanne gave it to me when she came to my house. So when she left, when I was blown away by everything that she had said, I looked. At, I look at this book. I read it in two days, and then I called Mark <laughs> to see if we could get together. And so we started talking. And he was the first speaker that I had in January of 2010 at our first meeting. And we had about 25 parents who came and talked about his book. So that was how we initially start started talking together and he would help out with meetings after that but it took about two years before he came up with the idea of possibly making this into a group that would have affiliates in other locations as
1: well and boy does it ever and then you even have (laughs) some international ones you've got a huge online group would you talk a little bit about helping parents heal what we can find on the website how you can or how can get of
5: involved. course, yes, I would love to. Our, our, as I say, our website has just been revamped. I feel really grateful. We we kind of fundraise to be able to do that. We have all of our groups that are available there and in all of the different locations throughout the United States and in Canada and the UK. And and we also have we have our newsletters that are archived there. The newsletter comes out every month. You know about the online group, They are amazing. Tracy, Brian, Elizabeth, Beth West, as well as Ty. They have meetings many times a month with some of the most interesting speakers from the afterlife community who come and do these Zoom online meetings. And we have over 100 parents who come to listen to them and to be able to ask questions of them. A lot of times it'll be psychic mediums as well. If people aren't able to find a psychic medium where they live or might not be able to afford one, a lot of times they bring through lots of validations for the parents as well. We have monthly meetings here in Phoenix, but we have many different affiliates throughout Arizona as well.
1: On your website, you can see all the different affiliates, and it just may happen. Someone listening, there might be a Helping Parents Heal near you, and there's also been parents that have created these affiliate groups.
5: Yes, as a matter of fact, all of the affiliate groups are run by shining light parents. We like to call everyone. Uh, this was a term that was coined by Suzanne Giesman because we don't like the word bereaved. That's not a, a nice word. It's, no, it's really depressing, and and it better explains the way that we are. Meaning that we shine because our kids are shining through us. So, um, nice. The the groups, even if there isn't a group in the area. Of uh, you know where wherever someone might live, a lot of times people just decide to start their own groups if they're far enough down the road to be able to do so. But then also the online group can reach everyone because anyone with internet service can log on to those meetings, which is really nice. Oh, oh, and another resource we have—I just have to say—is the Caring Listeners and Doctor Mark Pinstick, who's one of our board members, got them together in the very beginning and started this group. Um, But Linda McCarthy is now the head of the Caring Listeners and she's amazing. And basically the Caring Listeners are available 24 hours a day for anyone to call. It's completely free of charge and we have 12 of them who are available. Their phone number and their email address is on the website. So It's under the groups of Helping Parents Heal. If you have the drop-down menu, it it shows caring listeners. So that's a wonderful resource. If people aren't maybe yet ready to go to a meeting or if they don't have a meeting close by, they can always call someone and talk to them as, as frequently as they need to.
1: I want to thank Elizabeth for being our guest. And parents, if you have a child who's transitioned to the other side HelpingParentsHeal.org is a great first step. Since I spoke with Elizabeth, they also have a a fantastic YouTube channel with tons of videos about grief, interviews with all kinds of afterlife experts. There's a lot. They've also started Helping Fathers Heal, Helping Siblings Heal, and there is close to 15,000 members worldwide I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this brand new community. I'd love to hear from you. Leave your comments at iHeartRadio. When you search for Shades of the Afterlife, there's a place to comment. I'm Sandra Champlain, and you have been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.